Donald Trump is scheduled to be arrested tomorrow. Will this turn out in the favor of Republicans and Donald, or will it be finally a victory for the left, the Democrats, or does this not matter whatsoever? The banks are starting to fail even more. Credit Suisse was bought out by UBS. You could call it a bailout or a buyout, but Switzerland decided to insure it for up to $100 billion. They have banks here in the United States as well. A huge story. And I wanted to find out if a moderate libertarian leaning like myself and a progressive communist like Lefty Lehman would see things in a similar fashion on some of these issues. So I invited him back onto the show to have this conversation to kick off the week. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go to www.americaoutloud.com, where you can get hundreds of articles, find out what's going on in the world from many different perspectives with my colleagues, and support all the sponsors that helps bring my show to all of you. And for that, I am grateful. We're starting off the week with a conversation with Lefty Lehman, because there's a lot of headlines that have been popping. Some of these headlines I don't think should be popping. Some of the headlines aren't even in the paper, and I feel like we should be discussing them. So I figured let's find a balanced perspective today, find out what the left is thinking about this, as well as uh, me and a little bit more moderate side of what I'm thinking. We're going to start off uh, welcoming Lefty back to the show. Lefty, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Good to talk. Excellent. Well, let's get straight into it. The the big news story that's going on right now, and I think it's... uh. <laughs> it's going to backfire horribly, but we are under an indictment watch that within probably a, of the airing of this show, we're expecting charges against Donald Trump within 24 hours. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, does it matter? Like my, my thoughts, and, and I, I'm curious to see where you're at in it, is I don't think, so he's got three cases, right? Like he's got the the Georgia case, He's got the the uh, New York case, and then uh, and then he has the 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 other one. The Georgia one seems the most significant. New York seems whatever. Like it's not it's not going to move the needle. And I think that that is what the problem is with all of them. Like none of this stuff is new information, and it doesn't affect anything that happens to him. And if even my most leftist friends think that we're going to put a former president into a jail, you are out of your mind. It's never going to happen. And in fact, what I think will happen is that if he does get indicted, he's going to use that as a selling point for his upcoming presidential campaign. So I don't, I want to see the guy as, you know, I want to see him brought to justice as much as anyone. But I don't think that this is, anything to get excited about. In fact, I think it's something to be a little bit concerned about because moving forward, it's going to be a talking point. I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, so I, I think this is the worst case scenario if you're a Democrat uh, seeing Donald Trump get arrested or indicted here. And the reason for that is simple. The charges that they're indicting him on, if if everything that's leaning towards what the news is reporting is true, it's about the Stormy Daniels. They're saying that he took $130,000 and illegally paid her off. But the charges in New York where this case was handled, that would be a misdemeanor charge. What they're trying to do, the district attorney's office is trying to say that it was used out of campaign funds, which is a felony. But when the feds investigated, the feds did not find that to be a chargeable uh, solution, which tells me that this is politicized to a degree in New York. Um, And my way of looking at it is, I, I think I've told you this before, in Georgia, the phone call that Donald Trump made after the election, that to me is a clear case of election interference. When the president's telling somebody, I don't care what you got to do, find me the votes, you know, whatever you got to do. I just need, you know, I forget what the mountain oh, now, two years 10, ago. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 10, 12,000, whatever. But he's like, I just need 10,000 votes, 12,000 votes, whatever it was. But when I heard that call, I was like, well, that's actual election interference that can be provable. It's right on. Tape. Oh, did you hear about the second one? The second call uh, the jury heard? No, go ahead and tell my listeners because I'm oh, not even sure I know so, this. So, yeah. So I, I don't have uh, maybe maybe pull it up while, while I'm trying to sure. uh, discuss this. But like uh, the grand jury heard a second call, which was e- which what based on what a jurist said was even uh, a little bit more um, controversial than that one that was already crazy. Like it, it's. Yeah, there it is. You got uh, it. Okay, so yeah, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, reported uh, last Wednesday, it spoke to five members of their special grand jury that they heard a previous call that had never been published before. Uh, we can talk about this too. Like grand jury shouldn't be talking to the press, period. Right? When did this, when did this become a thing? <laughs> you know, I, my wife had the opportunity to serve on one and she wouldn't even discuss things with me. She's like, nope, I'm not allowed to tell you. And I'm like, oh, come on, spill the dirt. Um, so yes, and here it is. All I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Trump said during the call, because we won the state, but that's not one more than he had. Right. Uh, and then there's a separate recording where apparently he's talking to the lead investigator in Raffensperger's office to to look in the Fulton County, find things that are going to be unbelievable. Trump also told her when the right answer comes out, you'll be praised. Interesting. So it looks like there's more to that case. And this is what I'm getting at. I don't even think this matters in the grand scheme of things. Uh, But if you're going to look at the charges in New York versus the charges here in Georgia, the charges in New York are really BS charges compared to what's going on in Georgia. So I look at this and I I say, Donald Trump's going to use this to run his campaign. He's going to say, look, uh, I told you guys, you know, repeatedly, that this was a witch hunt out for Donald Trump. And to a degree, he is absolutely 100% correct that there have been repeated attempts to bring this guy down and even made up information. Uh, And this is my problem with the left. And it's actually my problem with the left and the right. They both do it. Like there's truth. And then they take the truth and they, no pun intended, trump it up. They add on, Come on, that was a pun. that was a pun intended. Let's be okay, if we're gonna be honest, honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, they they trump these things up, and then all of a sudden 
we're not dealing with facts. We're not dealing with, hey, there's tampering in Georgia. We're now dealing with, you know, some other alternative facts, the quote, Trump's old secretary of state or not secretary of state, uh, <laughs> press secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Conway, who is, yeah, she was, she, she was, might as well, yeah, she yeah. might as well have been secretary. Of state. Well. She was on air. What was going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but we're not dealing in reality, right? The whole lock her up with Hillary Clinton. That went beyond the reality of the situation. You and I would both agree that Hillary Clinton shouldn't have had a private server with emails. But you and I would also probably agree that doesn't mean that the immediate reaction should be lock her up, right? That doesn't immediately go to criminal, even if that's where it is. There's got to be some type of common sense. It's the same thing with these uh, files that were in Mar-a-Lago or the files that uh, President oh, Biden the, that, that was the third one that I couldn't remember. Yeah, it was the Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like why why do we take things to another level in order to try to legitimize charges because well, I don't think it's benefiting either pro- political party at this point. Yeah. Because, well, we, I mean, I think that I, I sort of think that you're asking that in a hypothetical sense, because I, I, I believe that you right. know what the answer is. The reason that that happens is because there are other, the politicians and the AGs and the, you know, and those various entities uh, want to make a name for themselves. And that's the reason that stuff gets pushed up. Like all, all, no matter I mean, like the Hillary stuff was bonkers on its face um, because there had been private service before. Shouldn't have had them. Right. Should have done something different. Now, the Trump stuff is, I think it's playing right into the hand of somebody that, you know, we know is probably not the best person to be running this country. And, he, and it's going to be used as a foothold coming in exactly as you said. It's going to be, you know... You know, entity whatever is coming after me, it's going to be this terrible thing. Even though all those, st- all of that information is is most likely true. I mean, we have the call, so we know that's true. We have the 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 the, the for the payoff thing with with uh, uh, Miss Daniels. We we had that, but that didn't even matter in the previous election. So I don't know why it would matter now. And the Mar- I, I like I like that you referred to Miss Daniels as Miss Daniels. That's so kind of you. but but, you know if you want to take a little divergent i i I find it i am not a super fan of every time that uh she gets mentioned that the first words out are porn star i think that that is right not (laughs) that's what i said it's very classy of you (laughs) yeah because well no because then you should call trump whoremonger every time it comes out like because like I, I don't understand the. I don't like. I guess I, I understand it. I don't like the the differential there. And then the Mar-a-Lago stuff. We also that that's dead to rights, but that's not going to move the needle. None of that stuff matters. Like it's not. It's not going to matter in the in changing perspectives on who Donald Trump is because everyone knows who he is. What it's going to do is the opposite. Exactly what you were saying. What it's going to do is give the the Q crowd and all of the conspiracy theorists, all of those drink and bold and all, you, you know, that's when a conspiracy comes out, you take a sip. Um, but that all that's going to do is promote that nonsense. And what we're going to do is get back into the same situation that we just left, which is the same thing that drives me crazy about the current financial thing. It's like, we've do we not remember what just happened? Are we going to go back to this? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's uh, the next conversation, right? So we got Trump coming up here on charges. We both agree that it's not wise to follow through with this because it's just going no, to I, play no, directly. Well, I, don't, I don't I don't know about following through. I, I think he's guilty of sin. I don't do you do you think he's guilty just like on the on the face? I think in the Georgia case, he's definitely guilty. I think in Georgia, he definitely paid her, but that's not an illegal thing to New pay York, her. New York, the, in New York, correct. Yes. In Georgia, guilty. New York, uh, no. I, I think I need to hear more because I don't know the campaign finances were used. Um, but the payoff, can prove, the, the, the yeah, payoff for, happened, even if it didn't come out of financial but, but, campaign finance, but, 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 which is a misdemeanor. I get, I get it. Like, I, I get yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's a misdemeanor, and in some states, it's not even a, a crime. Uh, it's not a crime in all 50 states. So that's something I looked up. I was like, I wonder if this is even a crime. In some states, it's perfectly legal what he did. In New York, it's not. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just think it's a it's going to end up being something that his campaign gets around, his base gets around. And, you know, I'm reading on Twitter, there are lots of people on the left that are, you know, celebrating, like Rob Reiner's finally like, they're finally getting him. Because, you know, every other tweet out of Rob Reiner's uh, fingers is about Donald Trump getting arrested. And the response is like, you know, why won't these Republicans move on from Donald Trump? And I think that's a grossly overplayed storyline at this point. Uh, Coming from an America First uh, network and listening to many different voices on this network here, America Out Loud, I'm hearing more people that feel like, it might be time to move on from Donald Trump. I'm not hearing a lot of people saying, MAGA, let's go, Donald, run it back. I mean, that well, certainly well, is still there, but I'm not hearing that as the primary Republican talking point anymore. Yeah, but 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 you also, like Ameri- the, the amazing network that you're on is also, it, it at least tilts a little bit libertarian. Like you're not in the red meat necessarily of the, of the Trump world. And if you look at, I mean, even look at polls that are, are not, as skewed as uh, Rasmussen, if you look at those polls, it's either dead, you know, 50-50 with him and DeSantis, who is basically just Trump in different clothes, or Trump has the has the edge. And a lot of them, like it's, so it's not, it's not, I don't know if that's what you're saying is representative of where the electorate is. Like it, it, the electorate is still behind this guy. They feel cheated out of the last election based on the stuff that, you know, the big lie. Um, they feel cheated that, that, that he didn't get a, a second term. And I think they're going to go, you know, all the way to the wall, to the, to the mattresses for him if, if he gets the nomination again. And I don't think this hurts him. I think it actually helps him. Yep. Okay. We're, we agree there. Yeah, so, we agree. I mean, well, stop fighting with me, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hey, there we go. We we uh, we can go one one to one. We tied up. All mm-hmm. right. Bank failures. I've been following the bank failures. I've been very disappointed in what's going on. I feel like uh, I had on Mike Termot last week to try to oh. explain to me how the FDIC works, and he did a great job. Amazing. In- that was such a great episode. He is such an articulate dude. Check him out if you haven't. Yep. And he's a former uh, White House economist. He's also running for president as a libertarian. Yeah, I, uh, so, I passed that on to my dad. I'm like, hey, pops, check yeah, out this dude. It, yeah, I actually, I, you know, that's my third conversation with him after I I met him. That was my first. I was really blown away at how personal he is. I've had a number of people write to me about him uh, after my first interview, and they said he sounds very good for president, but he's almost too personable. 
And uh, I think that's very interesting uh, feedback here in our current political environment that one of the worst things we could say about somebody is they're too personable. Well, uh, tell, them to, tell them to get into some kind of sex scandal. That, that might help. <laughs> You're too clean, Mike. You're too clean. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, he did a good job at, at calming everybody down and saying, look, the sky's not falling. Everything's fine. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm still buying that the sky isn't falling, even though he, he talked a good game and I, he can back up everything. I mean, he's closed banks with the FDIC before he, he definitely is much more qualified than I am to give this opinion. So maybe I'm dangerous in what I'm saying, but I'm just watching what's going on with credit Suisse. And so on Sunday, credit Suisse was finally bought out by a Swiss bank. Uh, they took over. So uh, UBS is now in control. They purchased credit Suisse for $2 billion. Bought out, bailed out. What's the difference anymore? Yeah, the, what's the difference anymore at this point? Here, here's the problem. Credit Suisse was just bailed out, bought out, whatever you want to call it, by the Saudis propping them up with over a billion dollars three months ago. What makes this $2 billion better? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Switzerland has guaranteed their government that they would throw in another $100 billion to make sure it doesn't fail. And guess where that bank also, UBS, does banking? That's right, right here in the United States. This is a problem. Like, as a middle-class individual, we are getting ready to bend over, pull down our pants, and take it. Because as much as Mike's telling me the FDIC pays for all of these things, all the money's there, you and I both know that the banks are eventually going to have to pass that cost on to us. Look at interest rates, right? Like I wanted to buy a house uh, about three months ago and my home's worth more now. I've like gained double the equity in my home. It's it's worth, you know, a good, good amount. With that, I couldn't purchase right now in another state when I looked because the interest rates put my monthly payment an extra $1,100 for buying the exact same dollar amount that I'm selling for here in this state. Mm-hmm. It's going to get worse. The banks are collapsing. It's now going to all the big banks because now Credit Suisse is part of a big bank. And uh, if we don't have regional banking, if we don't have community banking, wow. This is, to me, just as dangerous as having one of your amendments fall away from the Constitution. When the banking system can control you completely because you only have six different options or whatever it's going to whittle down to long term, I'm scared. And I don't care what Mike says, looking through, I feel like we're in like a really perilous time where I'm not sure maybe this is the plan. Maybe it's meant to fail. But are you, is the left panicking too? Or is this just me being my like a conservative, uh, fiscal conservatism? Uh, Well, I met with the left in our underground uh, layer. Um, and we all talked about this. Um, and don't don't give away that location because you guys oh, spent a long time boring it out. Oh, you know, I mean, it's in San Francisco. That's why the prices are so high. That's correct. Yeah, Gavin Newsom stops by often. Oh yeah, he's easy. We, we we go out to the French Laundry. It's a lovely. It's a lovely. <laughs> you know. um, no, but but on a, on a serious note, um, no, I think that we should be as concerned because the. What I don't think that should be forgotten by the typical American is the way that the last financial crisis was handled. And the last financial crisis was handled in very similar terms to how this one, which hasn't 
uh, on your previous show, you said it happens gradually and then all at once, which is exactly what's going on here. Um, I think that there is reason to be concerned um, because, look, when there was no when there were no consequences for the actual financial institutions who made these crazy bets before. Why would we expect that to, to change now? There was there was no like Chase actually grew. JP like like Diamond said, hey, this is awesome. I get to buy out, I get to buy out all these little banks and, and make even more money. Um, B of A did the same thing, uh, and so did Wells Fargo. And they've only gotten bigger since then. And you look at something like Credit Suisse, which is exactly what you said. It's being propped up through, uh, bank, uh, first of all, buyouts, but then also bailouts, exactly like you said. Um, or at least if it's not a bailout, it's a backstop, at the at, which is almost even worse because all that does is encourage more uh, risk to be taken on. We should be concerned. And the, I don't know what the solution is because we have unless there is a systematic way to dismantle this idea of too big to fail and i encourage everybody to read that book unless there's a way to dismantle these huge financial institutions so they're not as the the big footprint on all of the financial thing if we don't slowly bring them down then we're just going to continue in this cycle. It's just going to happen again and again and again. And it's only amplified now by the inflation that we're dealing with. And that is not good for the... uh, And the other thing is is that the wealth disparity in the United States has gotten to a point where it's just crazy. Like where where the, 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 the top percent has so much more leverage and so laws and policies are being passed to appease them but those same laws and policies are hurting everybody that's below them which is the majority of the vast majority of us and and i don't know the way out of it until you have politicians that are not uh dependent upon these folks to give them the finances to run their campaigns i don't know how to fix that I'm going to ask you a question that might seem taboo for you to answer. Does it seem to you that government has gotten too big in special interest? Define the uh, prompt as uh, I, I was just at my sure. kids, kids prompt. What, what, what do you mean? Sure. So uh, right now, if we have a bunch of politicians and even Bernie Sanders talked about this on Bill Maher, that yes, he has people he needs the answer to. And that, that pained him to say that with Russell Brand. Oh, um, and also Bernie, but, like he, I mean, just a, a, as an aside, like how do you drop the ball on that simple layup question of, of um, when he was talking, when, when Bill asked him the question about uh, the, uh, Oh, shit. Hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Give me, give me one second. Yeah, no, pull that, pull that one up, but I'm going to continue to kind of freeze my question. Yeah. So the question is, you know, I always think that we've gotten too big as a government, like our government controls so much stuff. We've over-regulated everything, but what you're saying and what I'm saying, they tie together at one point, right? Like the kind of conservative fiscalism that I have with regulating business and making sure that uh, we don't have too much special interest. 
And the fact that right now we have lobbyists controlling Republicans and Democrats all over the board, that tells me that we give into a bunch of different whims. We look at the uh, Northfolk Southern, right? We know that lobbyists lobbied the Trump administration and made the railroads less safe. And we know that that was bipartisan, that Republicans and Democrats both voted that down. We know that Joe Biden came in the office, the champion for railroads. Uh, He loves his Amtrak. He's been taking it every single day for almost his entire career. And yet he didn't do anything to reverse those policies. Norfolk Southern allowed their money to influence the politicians. And as a result, we got less safe railroads. So I'm using that as an example. But do you feel that government has gotten too big because of the lobbyist? Not well, I guess it depends on, you know, which way we look through the dark glass. Like, I also think that the lobbyists have gotten too big for government, where we have lobbyists that are so powerful, so powerful and able to influence policy that is not in the benefit um, of the the typical American that, yeah, no, I mean, it's a bad situation, no matter which which lens you look through that, because the disconnection that I think and the reason that we have folks like, you know, like Trump coming into power is that that Americans don't feel like they're represented. I mean, it's a game. Like, it's a game where people can see that the people that are really pulling the strings are the people that have the money. And that does not, that does not help the the society as a whole, if that makes sense. So has, 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 has the government got too big? Let me ask, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like, it's, it, like, it, it, do I want the government to get bigger so we don't have planes possibly running into each other? Yes, I do. I, I think that that's a good thing. Do I want the government to get bigger so we don't have trains uh, running off rails and polluting an entire community like in East Palestine? Yes, I do. Now, do I want the government getting bigger in regards to other uh, situations? I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's a that's a good deal. But I also don't think that we're having an honest conversation. And I, I don't think that, that happens at all, because I think that every time that genuine concerns get brought up from the typical American, there is a lobbyist that's whispering in the ear of that politician that's taken them in a different direction. And the fact that that person holds the purse strings is the way that that politician is going to travel. And I would agree with you there. Uh, And I think that's another point that we would agree on, but from a different perspective, Uh, I agree that, yeah, we want systems in place to make sure that our roadways stay safe. Uh, We don't have all of a sudden poison in our foods. Uh, The government regulatory agencies for that have gone a long way to make sure that we can grow up with uh, safe air. So I'm I'm there, but I'm I'm just going to say, but when I hear that lobbying has gotten so large, that they can buy and sell politicians, that does tell me that we are allowing too many laws be made that are likely useless laws, that are special interest laws to focus on the lobbyist demands and not on what serves you and I. I well, okay, no, I, that's a fair point. And, and but I also, but but here, but I would uh, proposition you this: uh, the the issue is is that when 
the the problem with the the idea that government is just too big is what happens when we go back to that old reagan uh uh saying of you know i'm from the government and i'm here to help and it's the worst scary words or whatever scariest words right scariest words um but sometimes we need that and, and sometimes so i feel like the there was a, a good premise in what was said there, but that is used to nefarious means. Like we want the government. I'm here from the government. I'm from FEMA and we're going to help you out is different than I'm here from the government and I'm going to make your life worse. And I think that we can have distinctions of that. But I think that the, the idea that all government is bad is a cudgel that's used to make government bad. And then we get caught in that trap. And see, I think that government is as, as a whole, I think government is bad because we're flawed. I I do. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that our government is bad as a whole. What I'm trying to say is I feel like the most limited government you can have while maintaining a healthy functioning uh, normalized society of people not killing one another and people respecting one another, whatever it takes to get to the bare minimum to do that is the best government. Right. But, but where that, where that bumps up against for me is that the limited government is exactly what allowed stuff like these financial institutions to do whatever they wanted to do because nobody was regulating them. Nobody was on top of them. And then they failed. So we like we almost can't have it both ways. Like but, we but have see, to But see, I would disagree with that statement now because after 2008, you know, I, I have a number of friends and family in the banking industry that I, I know that it is regulated very, very well at this point in time. It's, well, it's over-regulated. But it's obviously <laughs> not. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's, so, ob- it's obviously not. So like the, the question then is not is not about the size of the government. The question is about the uh, actual precision of the government. Uh, if it's not working, then we have to figure out why it's not working. The same way that we could have a thousand uh, air flight controllers, and if planes are still crashing, well, then there's clearly something wrong with the system. It's not about the size, it's about what they're doing. So if at you're some telling, point, if, but if you're at, telling me that they're, that they're over-regulated and they're still failing, well, then I, I don't, like, that's where we differ like it like it's 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 not it's not about the size to me i do what you need to do do it effectively don't have a waste but also like it's clearly not working right now i i would say that it's not working because it is overregulated and there are things where there's blind eyes turned because we still have a special interest in banking as well which we saw with the lobbyist and what happened to the regional banks that allowed silicon valley just a few weeks ago to go under because they had lobbied to not be part of the regulations that Bank of America, Chase, Discover, and all of them were a part of. Had they been a part of all those, we likely would have seen coming what happened, uh, but they were able to get out of it. Uh, again, that was under a Trump presidency that that lobbying took place. Uh, so there's a common theme there, but I would say that this is where I have a problem with with government expanding. And so when we come back on the, the opposite side, I'm going to relate this to gun laws. Uh, which, because that seems to be a, a great kind of segue into the left's talking points there of we already have a ton of laws on the books and they're not followed. We have the regulations, 
we need to follow them. So we'll talk about that on the opposite side, everybody. Right, Make you, sure you, you visit you our wait, sponsors. Wait, do you see how Greg's doing this? First, we started with sex, and then we're into money, and now we're coming to guns. It's basically a Pulp Fiction novel on America and Bolden. <laughs> I love it. So make sure you go visit those sponsors before you read that novel in the second half, because uh, that helps us produce this show. And so for that, we are grateful. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, my special guest, Lefty Lehman, here on the America Out Loud Network. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Bold American second half of the show here with my good friend, Lefty Lehman. You've been listening to America Emboldened. I am your host, Greg Bolden. First part of the show, we talked about Trump possibly getting indicted, whether government was getting too big to fail because of these banks going on and what government role was in all of those. That kind of led me into this conversation with Lefty where I was thinking, you know, he's making this argument that lobbyists, they're, they're involved in everything. And I'm seeing a parallel with gun laws because we're going to do an episode here in the future uh, with Lefty. We've been waiting for the weather to get nice outside for the birds to start chirping. So that way we don't freeze our tuchuses off, uh, but we're going to go hit a range and we're going to talk second amendment with Lehman uh, during that time with uh, a trainer, somebody to be there to keep everybody safe as well. Um, and so when we do that, we can kind of get into some of this, but I, let's, let's pregame just this little bit lobbyist and the second amendment. Would you acknowledge that there are organizations that are lobbying that are anti-Second Amendment, just as there are organizations that lobby that are pro-Second Amendment. Is that something you acknowledge? Yeah, I would say that's fair. 
Okay. And so I would say that some have a better public image uh, and better PR than others. Like the NRA, you'll be hard pressed to find a gun owner in America, the majority of gun owners in America that support the NRA in the sense of the way they used to support it. Most people are like, the NRA is a bastardized gun rights thing at this point. Um, there's not a lot of support for it. And it's when the left hits back at the NRA at this point, they're really just hitting back at the NRA. They're not really harming any of the Second Amendment gun owners because we find them to be a little bit just as crazy. Um, and then you have organizations that have a really good PR team like Moms Demand Action. Now, Moms Demand Action have been getting uh, what they call common sense gun laws passed in many, many states across the United States, Delaware, where I reside, being one of them. They've been highly successful in uh, changing the age of how old you have to be to purchase from 18 to 21, limiting uh, magazine sizes, changing the length of a barrel that you're allowed to have for an AR-15 uh, in order to make it legal. That hasn't been passed in all states, but Moms Demand Action has done a great job lobbying. And if you look at the donations that were made to local politicians here in Delaware and in the states where these were uh, these laws passed, almost all the Democrat House, uh, Senate, they all receive maximum donations from this organization. What I'm asking is this. Lobbying, when it's lobbying against amendment rights versus having a conversation, we, I think we both could find ways to say, hey, here's ways we could make people safer from gun violence. We would both want that conversation. Nobody wants gun violence. Nobody wants school shootings. Like anyone that says, oh, I'm fine with this. You're a jackass. Don't listen to my show. Um, everybody wants to make sure the kids can go to school safe. But you know what else I want? I want attorney generals to enforce the laws that are on the books. So that way we don't have to over-regulate something that already has regulations. And so we have to have a conversation without lobbyists on amendment rights. So I'm, I guess what I'm asking is this, is there a problem when lobbyists get involved with any of our amendments? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, would you say the same thing about the uh, civil rights? Do you think that before that, that uh, you know, that women were allowed to vote, that there should have been suffragettes standing outside of the White House? trying to, to lobby uh, politicians to give women the, the right to vote. That wasn't an amendment. Would you say the same thing about minorities, like in, in the same way with the, you know, the, the, those amendments? Would, would you have that same view in that sense? I think I'm okay when we discover that there is a right that has not been granted to people that should be common sense rights that should be granted to every human being. You know, when our own Bill of Rights said that all people are created equal, and yet we weren't treating people as equals, weren't allowing certain people to vote based upon the color of their skin or the gender that they were born. I think that's a major problem. And so, no, I, I, I don't have any problem with somebody demanding, well, if we're all equal, damn it, where is my rights? I'm all on board for that. Right. So based on that, then your initial premise of advocating for amendments or advocating uh, for a definition of amendments, uh, which both happened in both those cases, uh, is legitimate. Correct. It, it, it's, it's something that, that, that should happen. Now, I think where it gets. Uh, now we're looking at taking rights away or adjusting those rights. That's where I'm asking, should yeah, lobbyists be yeah, involved? I, I don't want to step on our, our, our fantastic upcoming 2A episode. Make sure you tune in. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> I do not view that amendment in the same way that, that you do. 
I mean, not. I don't view that that constitutional right to a as the same way that you do. Hmm. And that's going to be a great conversation when we get into it, um, because and I don't know, like, like I don't want, like, I don't want to step on it, but like, like the yeah. the, the the way that not to tease it out too much, but the the way that you're saying it is that I feel like you're kind of an absolutist for second right, for second amendment rights. Is that more or less correct? I'm not an absolutist uh, to the degree of um, it. Carte Blanche gives you anything that you want to have. That's an arm. No, Um, but I am uh, pretty here. Here's where I am. I'm at a point where I want to have better conversations that are honest with Democrats and Republicans about what do you need? What should you need? uh, And cataloging things properly instead of being deceptive where people are like, an AR is the worst thing that anyone could possibly ever own. Meanwhile, they've never shot something that might be more deadly, but not look as deadly. Um, And I want to have conversations about that. So, you know, but, I mean, that, that makes sense. But, but but now to give but, to give you an example, give you an example. Like I called my local representatives when bombs demand action were coming in, and uh, we were talking about red flag laws. And so I had a great conversation with two representatives here. One's a state senator, one's uh, in Congress. And to Nicole, I said, you know, with the red flag laws, I don't want anybody. If you look at statistics of death by gun, look at the suicides. Like when we talk about the amount of death we have by suicide in this country per year, it's staggering, right? If we can start preventing some of that with red flag laws, that would be great. I'm all for that. But the question is this, where is the privacy to what you have going on mentally? Where's the privacy in in your healthcare? And that needs to have a much larger conversation in order to roll something like that out than this carte blanche, what they've been doing. So that was my conversation there. And then with uh, Kevin, our, my congressman, my conversation was around whether you should be 18 or 21 in order to own certain weapons. And in Delaware, they're going to make it to 18 to own a handgun, 21 to own an AR. And my conversation was, why not just make it 21 across the board? Like, if you're going to make this <laughs> 18 for one and 21 for the other, why? And he goes, well, you know, if someone goes to school with handguns, it's going to be less deadly. I said, yeah, but <laughs> it's still going to have death, right? We're still going to have people dying in this. Um, to me, like, that's what I mean. Like, there doesn't seem to be intellectual conversations about these things. I'm willing to have those conversations. Um, I'm not one of those people that says shall not be infringed means that. I mean, if we can save a life, I'm all for that. But I I don't think that there's an honest conversation from the left or the right on what that means. And so that's what I'm interested. I'm interested in a deeper conversation. Yeah. And that, and I think that that's fair, but, but then what I would propose to you, your initial question was, is it okay for lobbyists to go against an amendment? Mm -hmm. There are people that, as you just acknowledged, that are absolutists that would see that lobbying, even what you just said to your congressperson as lobbying against an amendment so do i think that that's okay I, yes i i do think that's okay as long as exactly what you said there is an honest intellectual conversation that's coupled with that right but i'm also not dropping twenty three hundred dollars to these individuals with my words right Come like, on, make it rain 
Coffee <laughs> people. Give Greg the moolah. I think that's the problem, though, when we start having multiple people that start dropping $2,300 a dime in order to keep these people in power. That's also term limits. Term okay, well, limits wait, has wait, got wait, to wait, happen. Wait, yeah, but, but let's, not, let's not move away. So would you be in favor of having public financing? I'll explain that more. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, public so financing for elections. So you take the lobbyists out of it. it, it it's everybody gets that amount of money, and yeah, that's, that's what you got. Quite honestly, I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that one person should have an unfair advantage to another. This episode is super boring because we're just agreeing on stuff. I know. <laughs> Damn you. Sorry. Sorry, audience. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wanted to come up with the term. I'd like the emboldeners. How do you feel about that? Like your audience? The embolden- I call it the bold Americans, but emboldeners, that doesn't sound bad. I just hope I don't get sued by Walt. <laughs> no, but no, but I agree. Like, like the the problem is is when there is that pivot point of somebody that has the wealth to somebody that is in a position to make a decision, and that is what confuses the whole political, uh, you know, situation. Is that then there? No matter what it is. They're, they have to lean into that. Like, I don't care what any politician says. If, you, if you're getting paid X amount of dollars from somebody, you have to consider that at least in the primary position. Even if you go against it, you're the first thing you're thinking is, if I go against this, am I going to be able to raise th- that same amount of, of campaign right. donations right. from somebody else? And that is a compromised position. And so like the, the, the solution to that which got completely angled from, you know, a couple Supreme Court decisions and a couple of laws passed by Congress. And we're that's I think that's a big reason why we're in straits that we are today is that it's exactly what you're saying. Like you can't you can't separate those two things. There's always going to be a conflict there. It's also why term limits. I'm a big proponent of let's put them in place. Let's stop talking about it every single election cycle that we want this from our uh, national Congress and national senators. We would like term limits because once you institute those, it doesn't matter what lobbyists are giving you money because after six years, that money will no longer be there. You do no longer have that influence or after eight years or 12 years, whatever it's set at, we don't have to worry. It's like one of the reasons I don't like Nancy Pelosi is because how Paul Pelosi has cashed in mysteriously on all of these stock options as she served on these boards. And there's no accountability to it on any of the politicians. Uh, You know, we see that McConnell McConnell definitely. I was going to say McConnell did the same damn thing. You know, McConnell, Pelosi, they're all doing the same thing when they're on these committees. You and I don't have that option. We're not seeing where stocks are likely going to go in top secret meetings and be able to tell our spouses, hey, uh, you know, do this now or else. Look over there. I'm just saying. (laughs) Look, there's there's an alien ship out there. They're sending probes to Earth, which, by the way, what a crazy story last week that the Pentagon puts out while the banks are failing. Ladies and gentlemen. The Pentagon actually wants you to believe that there's a mothership in our solar system that might be sending probes, and that's what our Navy is seeing. I don't believe it for a second. I think it's a great distraction for everybody to go, forget about the banks. Look, aliens, just like forget about the banks. Look, let's indict Trump. Like Conspiracy <laughs> it's, theory. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of distractions. Uh, no, but, you know, but, but the, yeah, I agree. But the, 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 um, 
Yeah, it's exactly. Like, the only way that we're going to get term limits is is if we put a sunset on the current. We first of all, I, I don't know how we would get the the Congress to agree to such things. I don't even know if it's constitutional, and I don't think it is. I think right. that would it would probably also mean an amendment. And good lord, can you imagine trying to get two thirds of the states on the same page? Nope. Uh, but but even put that aside. Let's say he doesn't need an amendment. The only way that you get that is if you you put some kind of sunset clause in it where it says that you know the current people until they are unelected don't <laughs> it, this does not affect you it's only the newcomers that, that, that get in but also like that's just not gonna it, it's not gonna happen so that I think the easier solution is to take another look an honest look and if you know God if we could have you know, like Republicans and, and Democrats come together, like take an honest look at how campaign finance, like the thing that always, I guess, the thing that always um, hits me is how they all complain across the board, whether it's a congressperson or a senator or, you know, or whatever, they always complain about the amount of time that they have to put in to actually raising funds. Now, if, the, if that is true, which I don't know, but if that is true, then why on earth would you want to not switch that so you don't have to be on the phone for so long? So you don't have to go to these buffet dinners and, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, the, 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 to be doing, to, to have to do these kind of deals. I, I guess in my dark heart, I don't believe that that's true. I think that that once you get in there then you're just looking to to make that money i mean we can't even get santos out like he's he already he already put in to to, to run uh to run again and come on like that that's a grift that's a bad grift but that but it, it is suggestive of what the other folks are are doing as well yeah so i mean that goes to stories i don't really want to hear about anymore and stories that oh. uh i don't think are getting reported enough uh, I'm over COVID. Like I'm over reporting about COVID at this point in time. I said it on my show a few weeks ago, or maybe last week. Uh, and you're doing still... it again. Look at you, you liar. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not reporting anything on it. I'm just stating that I'm tired of seeing people put it back in the headlines until I'm going to go with the old news journalism uh, standards until there's some timeliness to the story, meaning there's a new update that we need to know until there's mass impact where there's some new information that has impact until there's more prominence in the story. I don't care. It's been three years. Lives have been changed forever. Children's lives as a teacher, I've seen, education, the education system decimated. Let's talk about that in the news. Let's talk about how they get kids that are in high school that are reading at a fourth grade level up at least to a seventh or eighth grade level to give them a fighting chance and how COVID's partly to blame for that. Uh, let's talk about the mental health that students have right now or why I'm talking to several students per week that are thinking about suicide. Um, let's oh, talk yeah. about... You want you want substantive stories. Silly. Yeah, I want substantive you're stories. Silly, I'm Greg, tired you're of, an American. I'm, I'm tired of the smoke and mirrors of Donald Trump, Joe Biden. No, <laughs> COVID, I mean, COVID, you, COVID. Oh, you want you want to know which one I would kick off? What would you kick we, off? Yes, that's yeah, what we're doing this. Oh, yeah, if we're gonna do Survivor Island right here. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. 
I don't want to hear about uh, the preliminaries. Uh, the, the the I'm sorry, the preliminary, the primaries this far out. I don't care about the Senate and Trump. Tell, I don't tell about me about it in August when it starts. Right. right. Yeah, when it gets going. I don't need to hear about any of that. All that is is creating a horse race dynamic, which we don't need. We don't need any of that. Get rid of it. Go on. I like it. Go on. That's gone. Um, I I I want to put into the news media uh, something about social media and how they should be accountable to their actions against people as far as algorithms go. I think that we've now have a number of uh, much information that's come out about how Twitter operated, that anyone with half a brain knows that that's the same exact way it's happening elsewhere. And as a result, we're all being manipulated by social media. And I can prove it. You you sent me an email or a text message about a week ago or two weeks ago about you have two different accounts. You have your account for when you appear here on the show, but you have your old personal account that you've had. And you notice that your content, because you're associated with this show, was coming up more conservative and moderate leaning. And your other account was coming up more uh, left leaning. And you were seeing that algorithm was telling you what you wanted to hear based upon your associations between the two accounts. I've noticed on my Twitter feed, there are a number of like very just racially biased videos popping up in my feed. Every day I find somebody that posts a video of a black person beating up a white person and making comments about, look what they're doing again. And I'm going, what? Why am I seeing this over and over again? And then because I have the perspective that I have on life and where I teach, I'm thinking to myself, man, there's white kids beating up black kids and everything else in my school. Like it happens. This is part of life. But the algorithm selling these people, here's a black kid beating up a white kid until it reinforces their bigotry and their racism to say that that's exactly what's going on in this country. But when social media starts making us hateful people because of reinforcing that, that's a dangerous thing. Uh, there is a bill uh, that was introduced. I got to find it, but it's a bill being introduced by the CDC, the Sioux, uh, Instagram and places that didn't crack down the age group for damage to youth's uh, self-esteem, uh, saying that they enabled bullying. They enabled a bunch of that came out of Bucks County in Pennsylvania. It, oh, wow. I didn't realize that. So it's local. That's what, that's okay. what it, well, are, you, are you talking about the bill or the lawsuit? There's a lawsuit coming out of Bucks County right now. The, yeah. So it's a, it's a lawsuit. Yeah. It was a lawsuit and the CDC got behind it. Yep. I didn't realize that was Bucks County. That's awesome. Um, I want to hear more about that. Like, let's hear more about that story and uh, let's hear less about how people, I want to hear less. Okay. Since we're going back to less, I want to hear more about that. I want to hear less about how woke everything is. Like if all you can say is that's woke and I'm tired of the woke media Start talking about how you're going to fix it. I'm I'm tired of hearing about your your ills about wokeism. You're up next. What does that even mean anymore? Like it, it just it, it seems like that that term has just been completely uh, you know taken away. That that term has been completely taken away to just mean something I don't like. Like that's that's essentially what woke means now. Like it like it means something I don't like. And I will plaster that. That's what the Sanders is doing. That's what a, my my sweet, lovely uh, MTG is doing down there. Like whatever they don't like something, they just call it woke. And I don't know. Like it, it doesn't mean anything. And I agree with you. I would love for that to go away. Um, and, and to your point about uh, the the algorithms, I mean, I encourage everyone 
to uh, read uh, Jaron Lemire's book about 10 arguments for deleting your uh, social media accounts right now. It goes through exactly what we were just talking about, how the algorithm will just silo you um, with best intent. That The thing is, the algorithm doesn't know. The algorithm is not doing anything bad. It's doing its job. What it's doing is saying, oh, you're interested in leftist material. Uh, Mr. Lehman, here are some more lefty kind of things. Oh, Mr. Bolden, you're interested in uh, conservative material. Here are a whole bunch of things that are currently popping up there. And what that does is separate us because we're not hanging out anymore. Nobody has a bowling league. Nobody has, you know, baseball <laughs> game. Go, nobody's going down to the Elks or going over, you know, uh, to the Moose Lodge to, to chill out and, and talk with different people. And what that does is create a, a more angry society because it feels like if that's all you're seeing all the time as an individual then you're like well how could anybody be against this look, look at what this is but it's not rep, uh, it's not representative about what is actually going on and that's right. why that should be covered right um yes i oh and I then, well, if, you, if you want to swing yeah. back to the bernie thing i, I found the i found the, the bite he, oh, yeah, that's on, right. he stumbled on the, the the question of what is equity and what is equality and how Ooh. and how San, how Bernie does not know that just inherently be able to answer that. Uh, Mara asked him a question about it and he completely flubbed it. I, I think he actually said something along the lines of explain what that means, like the difference between the two words, which is okay. and this is the you know from my side of the aisle this is somebody that's clearly head of, head of the line head of the class you know if you're gonna be a le lefty you know bernie bernie's the guy and he stumbles on what equity and equality is like i don't that's the kind of stuff that just that is a softball question you ask any teacher in the united states the difference between equality and equity and i can answer that and in, in, you know give me one minute and i got it covered right so much like woke is being used on the right uh, without any kind of knowledge of it, it seems like the left is doing the same thing with equity and equality without having any knowledge of it. And that is not an honest conversation. That's just throwing throwing uh, buzzwords out uh, to, you know, get retweets or get whatever, you know, whatever your your flavor of social media is um, to, to, to bring that back on you. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Like, it, it, it's. Yeah, you know, it, well. It, I do get it at this point. There's, I, I've been following the amount of money some people are bringing in using these buzzwords. Now on my show, I, I've made a total. I'm going to tell my listeners right now. My buy me a coffee has made me $100, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, 100. Um, thank you to all those people who donated. Seriously, I'm not being sarcastic. Like I really appreciate. Like to me, giving me a dollar uh, is a huge compliment in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not downplaying that. But I don't use buzzwords. Like if you listen to my episodes, I don't sensationalize things or go after like I might have an episode here or there that's a little bit more on the salacious side because I just want to talk about it. But on the whole, I don't I don't subscribe to that. But I'm looking at the people who do. Let me tell you something. Lying to people and not being intellectually honest people is making some of these people $150,000 to $170,000 a year. No, you and there's part of I was going to say, there's part of me that's like, I could do that. 
I could lie the people and tell you exactly what you want to hear every episode. I could not have Lefty Layman on and only have one side of the aisle on to, to my to my show completely or not ask questions that are challenging or try to look at different perspectives and psychology behind things. Why do we have such an integrity problem? I don't know. Is this your Fox News audition? Is that what's happening right now? I don't think they'd have me after what I did to, after what I did to them. Because you, you blew it. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Because I don't know if you've been following what's been going on over at the, 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 the Foxy Boxy, but they are not They are not uh, exactly saying the, the what, what they even believe in their quote-unquote opinion shows. Um, well, th- that's the best part. Like I taught the people like I have connections at a couple major places. I won't drop the names because uh, I might lose those connections comes back. But the irony is the number of people at these places that go Fox news sucks, but yet their, their listeners are like, Oh, Fox news is the most, the best place for, I'm like, do you realize these people are laughing at you as you're buying your, my pillow? Like, I'm sorry for saying that for anybody who buys my pillow. Like, but what I'm trying to get at is, there is a whole host of people that are literally laughing at their audience to the bank. Like, where's the integrity there? You, if you're telling other people like, yeah, Fox news sucks or, oh, well, you know, there's really not a lot to, but I know that this will be, I, I did a whole episode on that about yeah, a week but, ago. But, but let's not like, we also should like take CNN off. I mean, like remember Cuomo, him yeah. and the old, old bro hanging out. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, look at that. Was, was, was that it? Was that integrity? I don't think it was because no, not at all. When all of the cable news, especially after, say, I don't know, like it used to be seven, but let, let let's say let's say seven for this thing. When it goes into those talking head shows, what that is is you're watching an infomercial. It's not yeah, going to watch an entertainment. Free. It's yeah. infotainment. Yep. It's not. It's not going to be news. What it's going to be is to jab you to get an emotional reaction, whether that's on the left or the right. You think Don Lemon doesn't want to get the left all fired up when he says all kinds of nonsense? It doesn't make any sense at all. He will. He does. And the same thing happens with Tucker, Hannity, Ingram. They all, what they're not, what they're trying, they're not giving you information. They're giving you emotion. And the sooner we realize that and get off that train and stop giving them the views because that's how they make their money stop giving them the views then we will have a more honest conversation and a more honest dialogue throughout the country because right now between the algorithms on social media and the you know social algorithms that are happening on the major uh, cable networks we're in the same boat and all that's doing is stirring up this anger this anger and this separatism from a society that more or less gets along. I don't know. I, I don't know if the the, the uh, emboldeners have heard, but me and Greg are not screaming at each other, even though we come from very, very different ideological perspectives. And that is what is typical. That's not atypical. That is what is typical. Yeah, and- that's what you're going to find at your backyard barbecue. Most people are capable of having conversations with one another. Right. Until it comes to sports. No, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, but, but Cow- Cowboys suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, bye Dallas. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed American Bolden, but uh, see you later. You know what? I just, I just got my photo taken with the Manster just last week. So I can make that statement as an Eagles fan and still say, Hey, you know what? I wore Randy White's 
Super, uh, not Super Bowl. It was this Hall of Fame ring on my finger. So anyone wants to go look at that, I post that on my socials. You can check that Wait, out. Is that the missing finger? It looks like your own. You got your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but 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 on a serious note, I mean that I, I mean, that's why we that's why we do this thing is that that makes sense to both of us, and I, I think that that is what's happening, and it's sad. It's sad because it, I don't see much like the campaign finance stuff that we talked about. And much like the lobbyist kind of stuff, I don't see a way out of that. I don't know how to get us out of, I don't know how to get out of that cycle. Because yeah, I think it, it comes down to money. It comes down to money, uh, integrity, term limits, right? Like all of this has to be cleaned up, whether it's the algorithms that produce money. Like, well, that's, that's kind of what I was going to get. Part of that's us. Part of that's us finally waking up to the fact that we are part of a machine. My episode on Friday uh, talked a lot about how we're moving at this velocity of information and how we might be actually at the precipice where there's no return. We might have taken AI to an ability that uh, we're going to doom ourselves. But to use Rob Reiner as an example, by the way, Princess Bride, one of my favorite films of all time, but Rob Reiner, 2.2 million followers on Twitter. Every single day, the man like we, we joke about Trump derangement syndrome. This guy actually has it, but he doesn't. This is where people get confused. People are like, oh, Rob Reiner, he's obsessed with Trump and he wants him arrested every day. Nope. Rob Reiner's getting paid. 2.2 million followers every day go to that page. They see when he do it, he gets all those negative interactions, 10,000 comments per every single tweet that he puts out there. The advertiser under, you are making that guy moolah. Right, and, and then and then who else are you making moolah? <laughs> You're making Twitter moolah. You're making the which social is, media companies moolah. Which is, which is Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so all, it's, it's all a, it, wait. There was, it's all a web. There was, it's there was, all there was, a web. No, they're not. Wait, no. There was a smart man. He said something. He said something. Let me just think about it. Like it was a a, a swamp. Is that what he said? <laughs> Drain the swamp. Oh, you that, know what? I, who said that? Was that Voltaire? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was T. S. Eliot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe at the end of uh. <laughs> but that the feeling, t- the telltale heart. Let's drain the swamp. But you know what? Here's the thing. That no, this, but that feeling is right. That that feeling. That, Trump and, is correct. Like just because you don't like Trump on other things, you got to give Trump credit when Trump is correct. Just as I give credit when. Joe Biden's correct on things. We did that episode at the end of the year. Like, here's what he's accomplished. You've got to give these statements merit. And Trump knows it because Trump was a part of it. And he even told everybody during that debate with Hillary Clinton, he's like, how do I know that you all don't don't want to get taxed? Because I've paid your stuff before. (laughs) I'm one of you. And I know how this game gets played. And we're not going to play that game anymore the exact same way. So I I get it. Yeah, no, but but he also is a... He is brilliant at getting in front of a prey that's already going down the street. <laughs> brilliant, and that and that is that is his skill. He's a salesman. He knows how to like, but that does not disregard that that feeling that 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 actual feeling that feeling that that we're not having um, you know an actual say in what is happening you know financially politically. Uh, uh, you know, socially in that world, that that is not true. It is true. Is he the best guy to fix it? I would say hell no, but he, but he gets it. 
and that should not be disregarded as just um that's where i think a lot of my my more lefty friends um get wrong because it's exactly what you said they're like well it came out of trump's mouth so it must be garbage it's not you have to listen to what the man's saying because he also understands who he's selling to yeah once you know the market that you're in <laughs> you know exactly how the market gets run and trump definitely knows how the market gets run because he's gamed the system for years um, that goes all the way back to 2016 when I told people, be careful electing this guy, because I guarantee being in the housing sector, he's got financial interests that aren't necessarily all for us. He's going to take care of himself, his family, his legacy, as well as the country. It's going to be one big, uh, one big operation. I feel like I was there. So I think the theme that we had for today's show, if wrapping it up for everybody, the theme that we had is... We got along this episode, Lefty. We, we agreed on a lot of parts. We discovered that a lot of the problems are just because we don't talk about them. We give buzzwords to things instead of actually articulating where we stand on it. And money is corrupting the whole damn system. Uh, do you have any other takeaways from what we talked about? Well, I'm happy that you're a communist now, Greg. I want to say that first off. You know, it's it's really nice that you've come around to that point of view. It's fantastic. We'll embrace you. Uh, I'm going to send you the invite to our lefty layer. Um, it's in San Fran, so you know, make sure you book a flight. Um, no, but but seriously, I I do think <laughs> that that the key is you know, joking aside, the key is to have conversations. Have conversations with people that you normally wouldn't. Have conversations that might feel um a little bit awkward. Don't come at it from a come at it from a listening perspective. I think that you said this before. You have, uh, I think your mom taught you this uh, that that you have uh, one one hole to talk and two ones to listen. Use the two ones to listen, okay? And listen to to what is being said. And I think that if we start doing that, if we get out of the algorithm, we get out of the silo of uh, mainstream media. And we actually just start talking to people. They're your neighbors. Go bring them a cake, you know, whatever. Then we're going to be in a much better place as a country. Lefty, thanks for coming back on to the show to kick off this week of shows. Much appreciated, bud. Anytime, buddy. Awesome, everybody. That's been another episode. We hope that we honored your time well. You got something out of this one. As always, you want to give feedback, go over the Twitter at RealGregBolden. Give a follow at Lefty underscore Layman as well. You can give a follow to Lefty's account. You can interact with us about any of the I'm things. I'm so you can lonely. Tell us Nobody ever interacts with me. Somebody, I know. Go, go give him a follow, yell, please. He's yelling at me. I'm so lonely. Tell him he's a moron even. like Just yeah. engage in some way, shape, or form. I'll like uh, it. He'll enjoy it. <laughs> he's used to being called he's a moron he's married like it's yeah. it happens <laughs> all right everybody we got to get going it's been a, a long monday show we'll be back tomorrow you've been listening to america emboldened with greg bolden and my special guest lefty layman here on the america out loud network be bold america